The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Astrology reveals insights into the greater world, its changing cycles and universal forces. Through the lens of astrology, we examine special topics and current events, investigate their meaning, and discuss solutions to personal and global problems. Welcome to Astrology, the theory of everything, with Mary Jo Weavers and Janie McCarthy. We're here to show you how astrology can be a powerful tool for self-awareness and transformation. You'll be amazed how everything is interconnected when using astrology. Now, here are your hosts, Mary Jo and Janie. Welcome. This is Mary Jo Weavers. On today's show, we are going to explore the sign of Pisces, the mutable, spiritually oriented water sign that is the last sign of the zodiac. With us on the show is special guest Maurice Fernandez. Maurice is a full time astrology teacher counselor, and writer, and he is the current president of the Organization of Professional Astrology. Welcome, Maurice. Hello, welcome, thank you. Maurice, you have written two very important articles pertaining to Pisces that were published in the Mountain Astrologer, one titled Neptune in Pisces, Beyond Thought, Beyond Beliefs, Freedom from Illusion, was published in 2011. And the second article, Neptune, the Twelfth House, and Pisces, Indicators of Career Orientation in the Birth Chart, was published in 2007. And you have written that the Pisces archetype, comprised of the sign of Pisces, its planetary ruler Neptune, and the 12th house in the chart, is the most misunderstood archetype in astrology. Could you tell us why that is? Yes, thank you. Um, I also wanted to mention that there is a book on Neptune available. This book was originally published uh, in 2004, but a new edition will be published in 2016. So it will cover many of the the themes we'll be discussing today. And to your question more specifically, yes, it is one of the most misunderstood archetypes because I think it deals, it represents themes in our lives that we don't understand very clearly. So... As astrology reflects the different cycles, the different aspects of our lives, um, unless we're very aware of ourselves, many things can happen in ways that are not, I would say, clearly defined, and especially in our culture. The second thing is that 
in astrology, as it is passed, as the knowledge is passed from generation to generation, there are some stereotypes that keep uh, also regenerating. And I think there are many stereotypes which are not always accurate about Neptune and the 12th house. So my hope is to provide more clarity and better understanding on the influences of this uh, of this archetype and understand what the cycle is about. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes Pisces is described as something that is very difficult to define because being the last sign of the zodiac that represents the end of the life or when we dissolve into that universal oneness that has no boundaries and it's about formlessness and disintegration, it's sometimes very difficult to talk about uh, in concrete ways what Pisces represents. Yes, I agree. Um, I will say, if we look at the whole zodiac, the way it is ordered, the 12th house in Pisces is the last sign, but it's also the first the one that precedes the first sign. So if we look at Aries as the first sign, we have to ask ourselves, is it the beginning of what, Aries? And Aries is the beginning of our separate, separate consciousness. So it is an act of individuality, individuation. So Aries is the, the instinct, you know, the baby to push out and to separate from its mother and become a, an individual, a separate entity who will have its own filters, its own experiences, and participate in its own way. But what precedes that is Pisces, which is the womb experience itself. So, in a way, Pisces is the beginning and it's the end of, of a life cycle. And to go even, you know, to another layer of understanding, if we speak of Aries being the birth and the separation to become, it is actually the birth of time and space. Because that's what time and space is. It is separation. Each time, each space is a fragment of what the whole could be about. Whereas Pisces is beyond time and space. And that's for better and for worse. (laughs) (laughs) Because Pisces is the only archetype that is not truly of time and space. All all the other archetypes are working through time and space. So they work through um, building and becoming ourselves and, 
and you know having our uh, family and our relationships and our crisis and basically all the different things we experience as we go through the motions. Motion is also a time and space phenomena. But Pisces represents what is always true everywhere to everyone simultaneously. So it takes that filter of time and space and takes us to the absolute to what is beyond our separate existence. And because of that, uh, because we are not trained in our schools and in our culture to understand what is timeless, um, we don't always have a clear perspective on, on what it really captures. And this is also one of the reasons why people who are born with a strong Pisces influence and Neptune influence will will have a very different rhythm. And they, they have a very diffused sense of identity because there is no real sense of separation in Pisces. And... And if we, if we feel the timeless, but we have to function in time and space, it can be awkward. <laughs> yes. Uh, it, it can be confusing. I hope that makes sense. It, it does. And I'm also thinking about how Pisces being a water sign operates through the emotions and so uh, having this diffuse or uh, sense of self or a lack of separate identity, it tends to merge with others or with all that is through empathy and sympathy. And um, it that can tend to add to a state of confusion or bewilderment in modern society. Yes. Um, I would I would agree, but I think there is even more to the story because, first of all, to understand when you say it's a water sign and it's emotion, it's very very different from the other water signs of Cancer and Scorpio because Cancer and Scorpio work with personal, intimate connections. So they form, you know, intimate connection with people. They're, they have a need for intimacy. It's more of a one-on-one. And that's how emotions are processed. Because what is the function of emotions is, is to basically digest our lives, digest our experiences. Emotions are our filters. But mm-hmm. I see... Pisces is impersonal. Because it is timeless, it's a global approach to life. And Pisces have a very difficult time really connecting fully on a one-on-one level. This is why um, 
you know, they can make you feel very special and and give you personal attention, but the next minute they can forget about you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And, you know, there is a sense that they they can get along with everyone. They can identify with everyone, whether it's a person or even animals or anything that is alive, because form doesn't matter. Mm. They look for the spirit. But on the other hand, um, they don't have a particular attachment. So they're not emotionally connected the same way that Cancer and Scorpios will be. And if we speak of this oneness and this openness, uh, this lack of identity, as you say, it can, it can lead to a feeling of being overwhelmed because there is no boundary. And yet, even though we are timeless people, we do have, you know, one body and, and we do have an identity that we have to work with. So mm-hmm. how to how to bring the vastness of life, the absolute, into one person. That is very complex. And that's why Pisces can feel overwhelmed quite often. And because they are overwhelmed, they can shut down and be inaccessible. There is a tendency for Pisces to be either completely open, completely bare, or completely shut down and inaccessible, and no in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that and that is something that people who are living with them, or people who, you know, are in the in the environment of someone who has a lot of these influences will not always understand because yesterday you were, you were there, <laughs> you were mm-hmm. so available and, and today no one's home. Yes. There's, there's another aspect of, of Pisces I'm thinking about too, that's related to this. And uh, part of them being uh, so open and so, connected to that oneness is they're they're tapped into creativity in a different way and they're known sometimes for being quite artistic uh they can type it tap into this greater universal higher force of creation and want to be able to perhaps express it artistically in physical form in in the physical world and uh it seems to me that that can sometimes be difficult for them to try to bring something into form that they're experiencing on a much greater, more expansive level. Yes. Uh, You know, the important thing to understand with Pisces is there are many different expressions, but what brings them together The first thing we have to understand about Pisces is that it is (coughs) reflecting that universal womb 
where everything is one and there is no individuality. So when there is no individuality, there is actually no creativity. It's an abs- in its essence, Pisces and Neptune and the 12th house reflect complete passivity. Hmm. In, in, uh, in a simple way, I would say it is about going with the flow. Wherever the river takes me, wherever the current, the winds, the element take me, I will go. So there is no real will, separate will. So even though Pisces can, in that womb experience, tap into um, larger, you know, larger dimensions and, and absolute realms, it needs the help of Aries, of Taurus, or Leo to actually ignite the creative spark. Pisces alone will not be creative if there is no Aries, Taurus, or Leo around. <laughs> but but once, once they are around, then the Pisces can serve <clears throat> as some kind of conduit and inspiration. But you will see otherwise many people who do not have those signs and only have Pisces who will not feel called or, you know, to engage, to create, to, to um, truly participate. Hmm. And this is where Pisces can, you know, get carried away with a stream, you know, in very, very strange situations. Because if we go back to the original core of Pisces, because it deals with the timeless realm, it is also a place where we do not have control. So that's a very, you know, uh, overreaching aspect of the 12th house in Pisces, is that this is where we deal with forces that are bigger than us, and forces that are bigger than us as in nature as in weather patterns, um, it, it represents everything that exists that we did not create, that we just received. You know, we're born into this life. We did not make the trees green. We did not make the sky blue. We just got it. And we go about trying to figure things out We don't have a manual how to figure it out, but what the the Pisces experience is just things are the way they are. Somebody did that. It all came to such a place in in a way that we do not fully understand. So Pisces represents our own confusion and our own veil about where do we really come from? And where are we really going? All mm. that we have, all that we have is the present. And 
it is basically a work in progress to, to try to understand how to live this life. Mm-hmm. I don't, if that makes sense. Yes. Yes, and I'm thinking about some of the archetypal examples or representatives of Pisces that we can see around us in the world and in literature and and represented in culture, and they include religious pilgrims and spiritual seekers and saints and martyrs and victims, and I'm also thinking that Pisces rules the feet, the parts of the body that... um, we see in astrology as being ruled by Pisces are the feet. And I'm thinking about how we have many references to feet in our culture. We have in the Bible the washing of the feet of Jesus, who was a Pisces archetype. And we have the expression to walk in another man's shoes, to have some empathy for them. And right now we're currently witnessing refugees from war-torn countries migrating and walking and and seeking asylum. Uh, And it, it makes me wonder, how is it that Pisces can be associated with the feet, which is the part of the body which really grounds us to the earth and to our physicality? when we often hear Pisces being described as a not very grounded archetype. Well, thank you for, for that. And, you know, the, the missing piece is that Pisces rules the feet and the crown. So it's mm-hmm. the very top of the head and the very end of the body. So it is the extremities which basically envelop if you will, um, our our auric field. Um, And indeed, if you bring up uh, Jesus, he was also represented by the fish symbolically, and he he is, in a way, the symbol of the age of Pisces, which began more or less when he was historically um, active and present. Um, interestingly, the sign that is opposing Pisces is Virgo, and that's a virgin symbolism, his mother. So, you know, everything that occurs in our, in our culture is actually <laughs> very much in the stars. So when we speak of, of the feet, we speak not only of the connection to the earth, but we also speak of the support of the whole system. You know, everything relies on the feet. Mm-hmm. And now, and if we speak of the crown, which is the other extreme, uh, it's, an, it's another point of integration, or I would say a point of entry of the soul. <clears throat> so, um, lost my train of thought. What what basically would be important to remember in this case is that Pisces does represent what holds everything together, and in our lives, it represent. You know, in other words, it's the big picture. Mm-hmm. Um. We, we can focus on the details, 
you know, uh, what am I doing today? What job do I have? Um, where is my next vacation? So we have a list of things we do and we have our values and we have our routine and all the components of our life. But what is Pisces asking? If we go back to this big picture or timeless realm, Pisces is asking, okay, you have this, this, and that. You don't have that, that, and the other. At the end of the day, does it work for you? Mm-hmm. And you have much more than this other person does it work for you? So, it, it, Pisces goes beyond, you know, the details of what you have or what you don't have. You may be a sick person. You may be um, living alone. You may be poor. You may be very wealthy. At the end of the day, does your life work? Some people make their life work with simple means. Some people have a lot of means and their life doesn't work. So what we ask from the Pisces point of view is, are you happy? Ultimately. And when I say, are you happy, it's another way of asking, does your life work for you? Mm. Now, why, why is Pisces associated with that? Because Pisces represents ultimately our relationship with life. If we speak of the big picture and what holds everything, how do we as individuals, me, Maurice, and you, Mary Jo, how do you relate to life, to your life, and to this big thing called life that encompasses everything? Mm -hmm. Do you like life? Do you want to wake up every morning? Um, Are you, do you want to be here or not? Mm -hmm. These these existential questions are what Pisces is about. Beautiful. Well, thank you, Maurice. Let's take a short break now. And when we come back, we will be continuing our conversation with Maurice Fernandez about the sign of Pisces. And we will be discussing the 14-year transit of Neptune in Pisces and what it has in store for us. So stay tuned. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Janie McCarthy loves being a professional astrologer. Her academic pursuits in consciousness exploration, negotiations, and relationship transformation have been critical to helping her clients integrate their material and spiritual worlds. She is known for her ability to simplify and articulate even the most complex concepts to trigger aha moments of pure, meaningful, and lasting clarity. Janie is available for booking presentations, workshops, and client consultations and can be contacted at JanieMcCarthy.com. 
Mary Jo Weavers is a licensed spiritual health coach specializing in soul personality integration, a certified karmic astrologer. Mary Jo uses the symbolic language of astrology to help her clients understand themselves and their life experiences from a deeper spiritual perspective. Mary Jo can help you gain clarity about your life purpose, relationship dynamics, and how to live your life more effectively. She is available for astrological consultations in person, by phone, and Skype. Check out our website at MaryJoWeavers.com. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Listening to Astrology, the Theory of Everything. To reach the hosts or the guests today, you may send an email to AstroTalkRadio at iCloud.com or find us on Facebook at AstroTalkRadio. You can email Janie McCarthy through her website, JanieMcCarthy.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. This is Mary Jo Weavers. I'm talking today with special guest Maurice Fernandez. And before the break, we were talking about the sign of Pisces. Let's take a closer look at the current 14-year transit of Neptune in its own sign of Pisces. Maurice, can you tell us something about that? Uh, and especially for perhaps our listeners that are new to astrology. Yes, um... And once again, a quick mention that in the book I published on Neptune and the 12th house, the new edition will have a whole chapter on the transit of Neptune in Pisces, going back to reflecting on all the events of the previous cycle in the 1800s, because it is is a 160-year cycle. And... Mm -hmm. This current cycle uh, began in 2011, uh, April 2011, and will go until uh, 2025, if I'm not mistaken. So it is a 14-year cycle in the sign of Pisces, and altogether uh, it goes through the zodiac in 100 and about 68 years. So, it's, you know, it is a very interesting transit. If we think of the time Neptune actually entered Pisces in April 2011, it was just a couple of weeks after the Fukushima um, tsunami, and nuclear disaster, mm-hmm. which we all know um, polluted the Pacific Ocean and keeps polluting it and possibly affecting, you know, the whole planet. So in a very gloomy way, um, this transit of Neptune in Pisces shows that there is no boundary between us and everyone. And this also means that once one person is affected, everyone is affected. We cannot stop the 
you know, the radioactive material from permeating now all the food chain, starting from the oceans, but also going over the coast. So that sense of no control and that sense of um, expansion and, you know, that affecting everyone without exception mm-hmm. is part of ICT. Um, well, the other thing that is very, very emphasized, strongly emphasized during this transit is that we are made aware that whatever crisis we are facing is not an individual crisis. It's a global crisis. So it goes back to the sense of union And I said, for better and worse. And this means that whatever danger we face becomes a global danger. For example, uh, we speak of uh, the destruction of the planet, the climate change, and all these issues that are not localized. They're not just one country being at war or a drought in California Everything is affecting everyone. We, it's that sense that we are on the same boat, and if that boat sinks, we're all going down. So it is quite common during Neptune in Pisces transit to have doomsday scenarios, both mm-hmm. in, uh, in a sense of panic, which can be exaggerated, and both realistically, when humanity as a whole faces um, existential questions and, and survival is on the line for everyone. So I think that it's quite interesting to see that as just as Neptune moved into Pisces, we had this whole Mayan calendar, end of day uh, countdown, and even though most of us knew that, you know, it's not going to be a, uh, the world is not going to end just one day, just like that, just the impression, just the, the thought, the theme of end of days was right there. Mm-hmm. And then, even though even Hollywood captured it, and then... You know, on, on the most serious and the more, um, as we say, actual question about where are we heading as, as, a, as a collective. That is also part of this transit. So the good thing about it is that when, when there is a, a good drop... Uh, a, a drop that, that has healing and that drops is, you know, in the ocean, it can heal everyone. The same way that a drop that is contaminated can contaminate the whole ocean. Mm. So Neptune in Pisces brings that awareness that we're all in this together, and if we do good things, we can have a massive impact. We can 
help people on a massive scale. But if we destroy, then it is also affecting everyone. Mm-hmm. You've described in one of your articles how Neptune in Pisces brings us closer to nature in its raw form, um, untouched by human intervention or contrivances. And, and what you're describing here is very much that, you know, what we've been experiencing over the last decade or so, uh, whether with the, the forces of tsunamis and nuclear meltdowns and the effects of climate change is bringing us as individuals and collectively closer to nature in its raw form. And I, I imagine it, it has the potential to bring us closer to one another collectively. Absolutely. And what is interesting, why is Neptune associated with the wild? Because it represents the original design before we intervened. As I said, Pisces represents the womb, and it is the passive principle. So when we are influenced by Pisces or the 12th house of Neptune, there is that sense that something bigger than us is operating. So this is why Pisces represents all the areas that are untouched by humans, just the way we receive them, you know, upon coming here. Mm-hmm. So it is the jungles, and it is uh, all the, the wildlife. Wildlife is represented by Pisces, whereas domesticated life, farm animals, are represented by the opposite sign of Virgo. Mm-hmm. So anything that's wild that is in nature is represented by Pisces. And because of that, as, as we go, as we experience this transit, we see a return of, to the wild and also an awakening of the wild forces. So we see nature rebelling. We see the raw forces awakening and reclaiming, in a way, their presence. Now, why, we have to ask ourselves, you know, a question that seems obvious, but we never really ask ourselves, is why do we really need nature? Why is nature worth fighting for? Uh, Yes, oxygen and trees, (laughs) and yes, it's pretty, you know, to, to be out in nature and to see... Uh, landscapes and, and wildlife. But, you know, they're dangerous and, and there are many uh, mosquitoes and, and parasites out there in nature. So why not just sterilize everything? Why not just live in uh, urban areas and, and not care so much about nature? Uh, it goes beyond pleasure. It goes beyond the nicety of of, uh, of an experience. What we have to remember is that nature represents the original design. And it means that 
if we as humans make mistakes, we can always go back to nature to start again. Mm-hmm. Nature is our reset button. So if we destroy nature, there's going to be no reset button. And it means that every mistake we'll make is going to be final. So that's the biggest concern about the destruction of nature is that there's going to be no way to start over if we're heading the wrong way. And as humans, we're always making mistakes. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's a safe bet to keep nature alive. And we see that when, you know, you, you have an abandoned... Land, uh, an abandoned city or an abandoned factory where you start seeing nature creeping in back again and taking over the, you know, the, the old buildings, the decomposing. Um, and that's what this transit of Neptune in Pisces is about. It's a return of the wild. And in our own lives, it also means simplify, return to the fundamental values. Like I said earlier, it's a big picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, do, do you want another iPhone and do you want another gadget and do you want another lover? Or are you happy with having some earth, having some air, having some fire, and having some water. Yes. Yes. Um, Let's take a look at another planetary player in, in, in the sky for us during this time as well. As Neptune is moving through the first 10 degrees of Pisces in its transit, it's squared by Saturn in Sagittarius. Um, tell us how this secondary planetary configuration comes into play and, and what additional forces are operating here in, in, in concert with Neptune in its own sign. Yes, Saturn, Saturn moved into Sagittarius um, in the end of 2014, December 14, and it will stay there until... December 2017, uh, so roughly three years. There's a, you know, a minor um, section of, of that transit where it went back to Scorpio. Mm-hmm. And Saturn in, in Sagittarius will be forming indeed a 90-degree angle to Neptune uh, starting now and essentially on and off through the first half of 2016. So part of, part of um, what, what, what unites the Sagittarius and the Pisces energies is the need to go beyond the material world and to understand the greater meanings of our lives. So they are spiritually oriented. They are expensive, as in, uh, with an A, expensive. And they are 
basically seeking the freedom of spirit. So I believe, first of all, that everyone uh, and all of us going through these influences in, to some degree in one way or another will will ask ourselves if our life has meaning and if we leave, if we live authentically if we are truthful to our values or if we lead fake lives if we you know follow a persona so there are going to be many questions about what do i really want to do with my life and does this make sense at all or am i just you know, following somebody else's tune, which is not authentic. Mm-hmm. In a deeper, in, in a more global way, Saturn represents our need to realign. Realign with what is, with higher laws. The laws that govern life. When it's in Sagittarius, Saturn speaks of um, a need to understand what is true from what is a lie. It has to do with honesty. It has to do with authenticity. And it has to do with not making promises you cannot fulfill. So it has a lot to do with integrity and lessons about integrity. Now, the other side of that is that Saturn in Sagittarius also deals with, because it's related to spirituality, it also deals with belief systems mm-hmm. and with racial association. And because it has to do with realignment, it also exposes everything that is out of alignment. So people who are not honest can be exposed, but it will also expose a lot of fanaticism, fanaticism, the misuse, the misalignment of religion and spirituality, false teachers, and the use of spirituality to advance uh, selfish goals, such as, you know, we see in every form of fanaticism around the world, um, in every religion. Mm-hmm. So, when we see currently, uh, as this is in operation, we see the whole issue coming up with uh, the events in, in Paris. And this is recorded, you know, ahead of time. So we're talking about events that occurred in November 2015 with the Syrian refugees, with terrorist attack in big cities. And the big question is, you know, are these terrorists using religion to terrorize, to justify terror. On the other hand, the backlash of people 
developing racist views against uh, Muslims and not wanting to take in refugees and things like that are part of this paradigm. Mm-hmm. Yes, very much so. And so I'm wondering and, uh, if Neptune and Pisces can help dissolve and purify some of these old structures and these um, Sagittarian spiritual organizations or institutions that are out of alignment, as as you say. Um, yeah. the, pot- the potential is there. Yes, and, you know, we can see a little bit of that in the Pope Francis, who is himself a Sagittarian with a strong Neptune, and we see how he tries to recapture the original meaning, the simplicity of Jesus' teachings uh, as they were intended, and not the way, you know, the Church has manipulated masses over the centuries. And the potential is there for healing and for a dissolving of prejudice, dissolving of false teachers. But on the other hand, Neptune, because it dissolves, it also can create a sense of panic and a loss of control, and at times, um, you know, when fear it becomes, uh, when when fear is overwhelming, uh, people do stupid things. Mm. So uh, we hope for the best, as we say. Yes. Yes, and speaking of that fear, we also have Chiron, which has been in the sign of Pisces since, I think it's April of 2010. Um, so we have another planetary player there that is is focusing on the sign of Pisces and its its archetypal energy. And and that brings me to to one last question for you, Maurice, before the end of our show. Um, we've we've been hearing about the end of the age of Pisces and we've, we're moving into the age of Aquarius. And I'm wondering how the current transit of uh, both Neptune and Chiron and Pisces can help us transition from the age of Pisces and move into this new age of Aquarius. Well, um, it is a big question to begin with. As you said, Chiron is in the sign of Pisces since April 2010, and that is when the Deepwater Horizon disaster occurred in the Gulf of Mexico, again, polluting waters. We see the water uh, element being wounded, polluted, uh, affected. And Chiron in Pisces you know, represents our deep, deep um, existential anxiety and really asking those deep questions. Are we safe in this planet? Are we safe in this existence? Uh, that, that overwhelming sense that sometimes it seems like everything is closing on us. But at the same time, as we say, the healing comes from um, returning to true values, returning to simplicity. So as they move together, Neptune 
and Chiron into the sign of Pisces, they make us aware of the big picture. Mm. Now, when we speak of the age of Aquarius, it is a different frequency. The ages move back from Pisces to Aquarius to Capricorn. And each age is about 2,100 years. Mm-hmm. Now, I won't get into how it works because we don't mm-hmm. have the time. Right. We, and, we, and we do just, need to wrap up here very quickly, Maurice. I, I hate to stop you, but it's um, it just any final uh, comments or recommendations that you can give our listeners to make the most of this Neptune transit of Pisces. Well, just a note to conclude this thought is that the in the sky, the constellation of Pisces and Aquarius are overlapping. And mm-hmm. so we are now right at that moment of overlapping where both the Pisces energy and the Aquarius energy are effective. So there is no particular day that you know, the age of Aquarius is starting and the age of Pisces is ending. It's more of a fade out and fade in. Thank you. That's wonderful. That's a question a lot of people have asked. (laughs) So I want to thank holistic and spiritual astrologer and author Maurice Fernandez for being our special guest on the show today and sharing with us his insights into the sign of Pisces. His book, Neptune, the Twelfth House in Pisces, is available on Amazon.com. And you can contact Maurice through his website at www.mauricefernandez.com. And you can also find him on Facebook. Thank you, listeners, for joining us today on Astrology, the Theory of Everything. Check out our Facebook page at Astro Talk Radio, and if you like it, I hope you will like it. Link up with me on LinkedIn, and we can continue our conversation about Pisces on Twitter with hashtag Astro Talk Radio. Thank you for being part of the show today. Please join Janie McCarthy and Mary Jo Weavers again next month for another edition of Astrology, the Theory of Everything. You can listen to all our shows on the Voice America 7th Wave channel. May the stars be with you. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the seventh wave network for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit seventhwavenetwork.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network its staff and management